and welcome to this episode of the golden nugget i am your host rob gold and this week is slightly different so normally as i say we will be talking about some wrestling and that we will start things off as always each week with some predictions for the football this weekend so this evening um which we already have a match that has finished um, and before that match had actually kicked off, I already wrote down the prediction for those matches um, that which started today with Crystal Palace versus Spurs in the Premier League. Um, this was at Sellers Park, and I predicted an away win. And by reading of how that match went, it was closer than what was expected. Um, Crystal Palace looked as if they gave. A good account of themselves especially towards the end um, but as I say it was Tottenham Hotspur that went away with the three points um, this evening then tomorrow we have only got th- four, four games tomorrow which feature Chelsea versus Brentford Arsenal versus Sheffield United Bournemouth versus Burnley and Wolves versus Newcastle United which is the Saturday evening kickoff and the Chelsea and Brentford match is an early kickoff as well, which is at Stamford Bridge. And for that game, I am going for a home win. I think Chelsea will just have too much star power in that match um, for Brentford to really, you know, to get in for. They would need to literally shut up shop and hit on the counter. Um, and and that, but I think Chelsea will be too good for them. I think. And I think Chelsea will walk out three with the three points. Arsenal versus Sheffield United, um, the first three o'clock kickoff of the evening for the Premier League, and uh, for this weekend, um, I think the Gunners again. I think Sheffield United are going to struggle this season. I really do. It's going to be their Sheffield. United, it's going to be their home form that's going to try and keep them up this season. But I think they will struggle this season. And um, Arsenal, on the other hand, they say they're they're fighting Spurs, Man City, Liverpool. You know, for the Premier League sort of type of thing in that so it's kind of like Arsenal you would expect to take the three points here but football football you sometimes just don't know what's going to happen you know you've got you know players picking up injuries you know during the during the week and you know in European football and things like that but I would still think Arsenal should have enough in the tank to take the three points against Sheffield United so and this one is going for a home win. Bournemouth versus Burnley as I say, this is this one was a 50-50 for me, as in, not that it could go either way as such, in a sense, because I think Burnley's form at the minute is really poor. Um, they haven't been getting the results performance-wise. It has improved since the start of the season, but they're just not hitting the type of form that, you know, that Vincent Company would be looking for. Um, so I think this one would be... This would go down as a Bournemouth win, um, but again, it's a really close call for this game. 
Um, but, and then we've got the Wolves versus Newcastle match, which is the Saturday evening kick off at half past five. And it's at Molyneux. Um, so it's going to be a busy day in Wolverhampton and that um, this weekend. Um, for a couple of reasons, obviously, you've got the football there for Saturday. You've also got OTT wrestling there tonight as well, which probably has just has not long finished um, for the ninth anniversary uh, first show. Um, but this one, I think, Wolves against Newcastle will be a tight game because it's at Molyneux. Had it been in St James's Park, I think Newcastle would have walked away with an easy win. But it's at Molyneux, you know, the home fans kind of expect a bit, a bit more from their team and that. So I've gone here for a draw for this game because I think Newcastle can score. There's no question about that and they do play nice football. But Wolves have got, you know, some decent enough players there who can cause Newcastle a problem at the back. But who knows and um, as i say that but as i say this one i put down for a draw we move on to the sunday fixtures kicking off with west ham versus everton at the london stadium west ham kind of running into a bit of a sort of you know a funny patch at the minute right 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 now where their form has dropped slightly so I don't know if that's because of like obviously playing in the week, it's catching up on them a bit now. Um, but you thought, you know, with last year that they would have, you know, had experience from that. Has, has maybe losing Declan Rice been a bit too much for them in the midfield? But at the start of the season, they started to play well and they started to get some points on the board. But they're starting to slip a wee bit in some games. But this one here, they play Everton. Obviously Everton had the Merseyside derby last week got a player sent off and that's so they're missing Ashley they're gonna be missing Ashley Young for that. Um but as I say that the performance that Everton put into that game against Liverpool last week, you know they did have some chances but they just could they couldn't take them whenever they, they had them. And that's the difference, you know, between you know between Liverpool and Everton in that game. Um, but as I say, for this, but for this game, as I say, you have West Ham versus Everton, London Stadium. I'm going for a home win. Uh, we move on to Aston Villa versus Luton for the second game of the day, where it is at Villa Park, and the form at Villa are on right now at the minute. I can only see one winner in this game, unfortunately, for Luton, um, and that game will be. Uh, that would be Aston Villa taking the three points in that game. Um, Brighton versus Fulham. Again, this is going to be a tough match because it, because Brighton have got a couple of players missing through injury, and that and Fulham aren't usually good on their travels, but this one could be one of those ones where it could be their day. So I'm going for a draw. But it could go either way, like most matches that do. <laughs> Liverpool versus Forest. Again, Liverpool are finding very good form. Um, obviously, the defeat to Spurs, which everyone knows it shouldn't have been a defeat. So technically, they should be still unbeaten right about now. They are they are having very good form. And that, um, obviously, you know, you're going to have the likes of Curtis. You know, obviously, now Curtis Jones, I think, was actually... 
depositar, depositar, que diga, no sé. No, I know he played in midweek. I don't think he played in the other game because that was obviously just after the international break. Um, but he should be back from suspension. Um, obviously, Diego Shota, um, as well will be available for selection in the Premier League again because obviously he picked up two yellow cards, which he should never have picked up yellow cards and that. Um, do you know what I mean? It should have been that should have been like that. I think actually, no, I think he was was he not eligible to play against Everton last week? I can't remember if he played or not because I know because I'm really sure that he got the yellow card rescinded because of the not being a black hat forever, but I thought he did. Um, but anyway, going for a Liverpool win against Nottingham Forest, and then look, moving on to the final game of the Premier League weekend for this week is the Manchester Derby. This one, it's going to be a closer draw. It's going to be a closer derby than most people think, because United are starting. Okay, they're not playing us that well, but Man City, even though they're sitting, you know, sitting second, third. You know, in that sort of tier at the minute, they're not hitting the same kind of form that we're used to seeing them hit. But this is the Manchester Derby. It's at Old Trafford. The fan, you know, the United fans will be behind their team, as they should be. And that, but I think this could either it's, it's either going to be a sneaky United win or a draw in that game. Um. So that does conclude the Premier League predictions for this week. I'm also going to move on to what was predicted from last week's set of fixtures, which I have not gone over with. So, took Liverpool. It was the first game of the weekend, Liverpool versus Everton. I took it as a home win, and that's what happened. Um, Bournemouth versus Wolves. I just need to look back on these as well, just quickly, while we are still recording and that so give me two three seconds folks so it's saturday the 21st saturday the 21st so yep so there we go so yep so bournemouth against wolves i took that for a draw it ended up being a 2-1 win to wolves Brentford and Burnley, I took for an away win, and I think Brentford walked out with a very easy win. And that Man City Brighton, I had it down as a draw, but it was a Man City win. And that, but it was a very close game. Newcastle Palace, Newcastle won convincingly 4 0. Uh, Forest and Luton, this one finished a 2 2 draw, and I had it down as a home win. Chelsea versus Arsenal, a draw, which I which I thought it was, and it finished the draw. Sheffield United versus Manchester United finished 2 1 to Manchester United. I took it for a Sheffield United win, but again, it was a close match as well. And then Villa and West Ham was, I took that actually for a draw. West Ham actually won really convincingly. And Spurs and Fulham, I took for a draw, but it ended up being a win for Spurs. So out of ten matches predicted, one, one, two, three, 
3 out of 10. That is not good. Because some of them are sort of, some of them are kind of be a bit tricky to sort of judge. And that, and then obviously, what you know, you've got VAR, you know, and the play now, you know, as well type of thing in some of the matches. And, and you think some of the matches may finish that way. Um, one, two, three, yeah, definitely one, two, three, yeah. So, yeah, three out of ten, not great. But anyway, it, it is football, and that's what happens in football. So now moving on to the wrestling um, side of things for this week. So as I said, start of the podcast there, this is a special episode of the wrestling part of this. So we are going to be talking about the women's division and wrestling today. So one of the questions that I tend to think about, especially more so, now, this isn't just in women's wrestling at the moment. It's actually in wrestling in general. And basically, the question from 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 myself is, what is better is best considered as the better of the two, being the longest reigning champion or holding of the championship from for more than like 15 16 times the way like rick flair john Cena have done and things like that do you think that holding it that many times means you're a better champion than someone that's held the championship the way like roman reigns has had for three years you know sort of type of thing you know bruno Sammartino, you know fellas like that do you think that that is it better than holding it for, as I say, 15, 16 times? Because to me, to hold it 16 times, you have to lose, you've had to lost it, lost it 16 times. Do you know what I mean? So does that make you better than someone who's held it for three years and hasn't lost it? That's the question. But my opinion on it, so my opinion on it, it's kind of, I've got arguments for both the cases. So you can arguably be one of the best champions in wrestling history, but even by losing it so many times, because you're coming up against other good wrestlers who are also deserving of being champions. So John Cena would have lost his championship to the likes of maybe Triple H, Randy Orton, Batista, guys like that. Ric Flair, the same back in the day, the likes of Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, you know, legends in the business. Legends. Even back in the WCW days for Ric Flair, obviously you had the likes of now, I don't know if he lost it to Goldberg or anything like that, but you have the likes of Goldberg, obviously, who was WCW champion. Obviously, Hulk Hogan um, as well. You have the likes of Booker T, who was WCW champion as well, and things like that. So you've got all those types of players that were in the game who were champion as well, and that, which, as I say, Ric Flair could have easily lost it to one of those guys as well. Um, but I'm not sure who actually he lost it to. But again, it's just one of those things, and like you know, you come up against those types of caliber of a wrestler, 
you are going to lose it and you are going to win it back at some stage as well. And, that, and I think that's the argument that I put forward for them is the fact to say that they are worthy of being as noted as being the best wrestlers in the game. But would people put Roman Reigns ahead of them? That's the question you have to ask. Is Roman Reigns a better champion than John Cena and Ric Flair? By holding the championship for over three years, does that make him the better champion? Would Roman Reigns be in your Mount Rushmore of WWE superstars? A lot of people would probably say no. A lot of people's Mount Rushmore as such it would kind of be the likes of John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, you know, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, potentially The Undertaker. The list could go on with legends in the game that could be at, at, at the Mount Rushmore level. And that. But just an opinion, who would be your Mount Rushmore? And as I say, when this goes, so this will, so this, obviously this podcast goes up on the Spotify and the Amazon. And that, and I say, obviously when it gets shared and things like that onto social media and things like that, you can drop your comments on, on what you think. What is your Mount Rushmore of, not just WWE, but your Mount Rushmore in wrestling? So I'll give you two options. Your Mount Rushmore in wrestling for the men's and your Mount Rushmore for the women's division as well. Not just the likes of WWE, AEW, WCW and things like that. It's as a whole. So you've got, what, four heads to fill, isn't it, for the Mount Rushmore, I think it is, isn't it? So you've got four heads to fill there. Who would be your four selections of each division? And as I say, if you leave your opinions and comments once these go up on social media like facebook once you share it on twitter and things like that give it a listen and as i say drop a comment on that or as i say you can always pm me and that through social media as well obviously you know on social media rob gold on facebook just hook me up send up send a message and you know, leave your thoughts and opinions there as well. And I will all, I would also respond to them as well. Um, so also, so just want to go off that as well as, as another question so, as such. So, you know, we were just talking about there, you know, obviously the longest reigning champions and things like that. And obviously Ric Flair and John Cena joined 16 time champion in the men's division. So obviously we'll have Charlotte Flair who has held the Raw Women's Championship seven times, the SmackDown Championship six times, Divas Championship before it got turned into what it is today. So she makes herself as a 14-time Women's Champion overall. She's also won the NXT Championship, but that doesn't include in the World Championship picture as such. Now... People are think so. People say that you know she should win the championship more times, and that now 
my argument about this is it's a completely different division. The women's division, the men's division, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Just, now, Charlotte's obviously the, the record holder for both the Raw Women's Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship as, as, of, you know, as of today. Now, will that be beaten down the line? There's always a possibility. But do we think that Charlotte deserves to bypass that so-called record that her father and John Cena share of 16 times? Do we think that she deserves to go past that by winning the Women's Championship the 17 times? But in my opinion, it doesn't matter whether she bypasses that or not because it's a completely different division. So it is, you know, because when the time Charlotte came in to the division and stuff from NXT with the likes of Becky Lynch, uh, Sasha Banks, and who was the other one? Bailey. And that they were basically the four horsemen of NXT brought up to the main roster. They were always going to, they were always going to be the ones that were going to be fighting for the big prizes coming up to the main roster. But then you had the likes of the other female wrestlers who were on the card currently and stuff like that. You know, the likes of Natalia, who I still believe deserves a shot at holding one of one of the main women's championships. But she deserves to hold it for a long time because she's, she's done everything in the business. She helps out with everything. She, she, you know, she brings talent up. She trains them. She, you know, she try and trains them with, helps them train with her, with her, with her husband, and things like that. And in my opinion, she's she's really she is really good in the ring, as well. You know, people say like, oh, she might botch things and things like that, or she might not sell things and stuff like that. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, she's still one. She's in my mind, she's still one of the best. That the women division has to offer and in my mind she needs to have get a championship on her and it needs to be the main championship not a tag team women's championship or anything like that she needs to have the women's championship belt around her whether that would be beating rhea ripley for it or whether it would be uh beating eo sky for it Either one of them would be the one that she would take off. Um, but yeah, but Natalia definitely deserves um, that championship. Um, and talking about championships and a wee bit of it, well, you see we're a couple of days past it now, so if people haven't already watched it, NXT, Halloween Havoc, um, Night One, Big match, Ireland versus Ireland, Becky Lynch, NXT champion, NXT women's champion, defending against Lyra Valkyria. And this brought a tear to my eye when the referee had counted the three. I love Becky Lynch. I love her a bit. She's, she's brilliant in the ring. She's brilliant with things that she does, you know, with her promos and things like that. Outside the ring, she's brilliant. She's fantastic. Um, as I say, she 
she is one I would look up to not not just as a as a woman in wrestling, but like just as in in general, because of what she's accomplished in her career. You know, going from Ireland and taking the WWE and NXT by storm, and you know, fighting for everything that she's got to fight for, and that, um, and then obviously with uh, Leo Valkyria, you know, her career has kind of projected in the same kind of way, um, in a sense, as Becky Lynch, obviously. With Lyra Valkyria winning the NXT Women's Championship, which was so deserving. Like, whenever she had the match against Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship um, a good few months ago now, I was rooting for Lyra Valkyria and was devastated that she lost that match. And obviously, Tiffany Stratton's very good in the ring as well. But I just thought Lyra Valkyria had enough to do that night. Unfortunately, not. But I knew that that wasn't going to be the last chance for her or anything like that. I knew she had it in her to go far, go further than that, this stage around. And people were shocked by it. But I wasn't. Because I know how good Lyra Valkyrie is. I've seen her in action. And that many a time. And that whether it's been, you know, for rest, you know at a show for pro wrestling in Ulster. And that from years ago to watching, you know, the likes of on NXT and seeing how good she is. And she is going to be a great addition to the main women's roster when her chance comes. And it's not going to be too far away. You mark my words on that. Um, but speaking of the women's division and, and that, I also want to go into another bit of a question as well. So, again, more of an opinion question. But who would you guys consider to be the best women wrestlers of today? So, in front of me, I have a list of the top 30 women wrestlers according to PWI. With some notable mentions, I may add as well, of my own that I put down the side. So, so according to PWI, top 30 are Rhea Ripley. Now, before I go into any further ones after that, some of these names may be a bit botched because I am unsure of some of these women wrestlers' names. So, I apologize if I get them wrong. Uh, so, we have Igioa. In second, third, Bianca Belair, four, Jimmy Hader, five, Tam Nakano, six, Athena, seven, Diona Perazzo, eight, Willow Nightingale, nine, Camille, ten, Jordan Grace, eleven, Asuka, twelve, Tony Storm, thirteen, Masha Slamovich. 14 Jade Cargill, 15 Roxanne Perez, 16 Kiari, 17 Maya Yamashita, 18 Chris Tatandler, 19 Mizuki, 20 Saya Kamatini, 21 Charlotte Flair, 22 Ronda Rousey, 
23 Trinity, 24 Eel Sky, 25 Tiffany Stratton, 26 Theo Valkyrie, 27 Mickey James, 28 Hikuro Shida, 29 Becky Lynch, and 30 Mayo Iwatani. Now, like I say, some of those names have probably bossed a bit, um, but you get the idea who they were. Um, my notable mentions for the for the women's division, uh, according to PWI anyway. So 36, Britt Baker, 38, Liv Morgan, 41, Bailey, 45, Hyan, 46, Indy Hartwell, 48, Lana Austin, 58, Shana Baszler, 59, Raquel Rodriguez, 61, Mercedes Martinez, 65, Cora Jade, 72, Ruby Soho, 75, Zoe Stark, 79, Lady Frost, 83, Ireland's own, Session Moth Martina, 86, Rio, 108, Lizzie Evo, 110, Devic Hytel, Irish is own as well, 139, Molly Spartan, 142, Piper Niven, and 190, Lyra Valkyria, uh, or Lyra Valkyria, who obviously is the next Women's Champion. And I honestly believe that some of those that I've just mentioned and the notable mentions, some of them I think will be a bit higher than next for next year because of the positioning where they start um, basically judging as such from and that. And I think you'll see a lot of movement within maybe the top 30 as well there with some maybe dropping out, maybe some moving up a couple. You just don't know what could happen. A freak injury to some of them, some of them could make them drop down a bit because that's what that's the inactivity sometimes can be a problem as well. So if they're not on TV or if they're not winning matches, like notable matches and things like that, they're not going to get too much of a look in. And that, but I would, but I just wanted to point out with Lyra Valkyria, one hundred and ninety. Now considering. The fact that obviously she'd lost that match against Tiffany Stratton, but she's built herself back up to get to that point where she should be fight, fighting for that championship, which she has now won. That will definitely put her way higher up for next year. There's no question about that. I would say by next year, she's going to be well inside the top. I would say she'd probably be inside the top 50 of next year. And that's my honest opinion. I'd be surprised if she's not. So I would be, I really would be surprised if she's not inside the top 50. I would even, I would be even surprised if she's not in the top 30, considering the ones that I've just mentioned who are in the top 30 at the moment. And that, and if I'm honest, she could even be inside the top 20. Do you know what I mean? That's how big a push that this championship has given her. And if she 
if like Becky Lynch, whether or not she goes on the Raw with it and defends it as well, and things like that, that would push her. Because more people would see eyes on her as being the NXT Women's Champion. But if they just keep her on NXT as being the Women's Champion there, you know, you'll only have the people who, who would watch NXT see what, just, you know, what has been going on there. But I honestly believe she will be on a higher position on the PWI list of women wrestlers. And talking of PWI, so I will be doing a episode going into the end of the year where I will be delving into the men's list and that and again you know you're coming into that kind of end of year Royal Rumble coming up soon as well you know in January you know what are your what would your thoughts be on that as well obviously you're going to have two Royal Rumble matches you're going to have the men's one you're going to have the women's one but just a thought so obviously you've got normally for like obviously the Royal Rumble there usually is some surprises. They'll sometimes throw someone from NXT in who they think might deserve a push in each of the matches and things like that. Now, obviously they brought Jade Cargill in for the women's division. The, now, the, she could be a free agent on each of the brands where she could jump in between all three if she really wanted to. But I think, do I think she's too big for NXT? No. Would she be good enough on Raw and SmackDown? Yes, she would be. She'd be brilliant on the two of them. The fact that she's just, the fact that she's been thrown in straight away, that threw me off a bit. Because I honestly thought they would have built her up a bit more and bring her in as a surprise person. Even, you know, don't announce that you've, that you've signed her. Just bring her in to, like, if they're going to do war games for Survivor Series bring her in as a mystery partner because that part of the element sometimes is missing in wrestling these days you know the surprise element with certain things you know now don't get me wrong some of the matches that they've thrown together in the past couple of weeks since Triple H has been now the sort of head you know head of creative now the fact that we've got matches there that are false hide anywhere when was the last time you had a false count anywhere match on Raw? Like, I can't remember. Like, it's, it's been that long ago. And the fact that you had it also, like, there was another one where it finished with a fall, you know, on the outside of the ring as well for, for NXT. And that's so, again, you know, they're going what they're doing well with booking and types of matches. And that's what you want to see. You want to see good booking matches now. And that, and that you're starting to get that again. And that, not saying that you weren't getting good matches booked before, but now the start, they're starting to seem a bit, you know, a bit more better, a bit more sort of towards the stories and things like that. They're still building, you know, obviously the John Cena thing as well on the men's side of things. But it's the woman's side of things that I'm interested in at the moment because sometimes I feel it doesn't get talked enough about because some people back in like, like a few years ago would have used women's matches especially at WWE shows as basically a toilet break and I find that disrespectful because the women are just are, are just as equal as the men they're deserving to be on the spot 
you know, they're deserving to be on the show. The ladder match that the women had at Money in the Bank for WWE was probably one of the one of, was one of the best matches of the night. You know, and and to me it was one of the best finishes as well. So it was. And that do you know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with women wrestling. Some people might not like it and that and some people do. That again, that's just opinion based on people and that you know, and if people are using it as a toilet break, then that's down to them. Because they'll they would be missing out on a good match. Sometimes even a great match. You know, because women can put on good matches too, you know. It's not just all about the men. So shout out to the women division. Not just WWE and AEW, shout out to the whole women division across the board. You know, the ND scene, once her coming through, the women who are in training right now to become a wrestler. Because it takes hard work and dedication to do that and to want to do that. And I know. Because I've seen it myself. You know, there's people that want to, want to do it and there's times where people may not be able to do it or think they may not be able to do it until they throw themselves into, into it. And that because if you don't throw yourself into it, you're not going to make it. You need to be 100% behind yourself. If you think you're going to make it as a wrestler or in the business in some, in some shape or form, you need to throw yourself at it. But, um, but yeah. But as I say, who, who do you think as an opinion, as I say, we were talking about the World Rumble there a second ago, who would be your pick to win the women's Royal Rumble? Now, obviously, we don't know the entrance yet, but it would be nice for someone different to get a chance at main eventing WrestleMania on the women's side of it. So if you were looking at someone to, so it, I think sometimes it might depend on who's the champion going into, rest, going into WrestleMania as well, because whoever's champion, you know, or, or whoever's not champion kind of thing and that, do you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, that's the one you have to look out for, but it's, I'll, do you know what? This is going to cut a lot of people's opinions and not down the middle for this, if I'm honest. I would love now there's two there's two or three women who I would love to win the Royal Rumble match. One, in my opinion, I don't think it would happen, but I would love it to happen, is Lyra Valkyria. As a surprise entrant from NXT wins a Royal Rumble. I would love that. Because no one From NXT now, Rhea Ripley, let me see, did she win the Royal Rumble? I think she won the Royal Rumble and then went on to WrestleMania and challenged for the championship against Charlotte and then won it. Um, but yeah, but I would love it if someone from NXT came up and won it. And like I say, if it happened to be there of Valkyria, all for it. Tiffany Stratton, all for it. You know, somebody, somebody a bit different, somebody who I think could be deserving of it. Um, but they would be, they would be two. 
Now the other one who is already on the main roster at the moment, but she's not a champion at the minute and who's not long returned, is Nia Jax. I think, in my opinion, Nia Jax. I know there's been talk about you know how that she 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 injured people and stuff and things like that, and she was hard to work with and stuff because of that. But that aside, you know, you you look at her and you think she's a formidable force. You like you don't want to mess with her in the ring. Do you know what I mean? So for her to win the Royal Rumble, to go on to WrestleMania, to go on and win it, the championship, whichever one it's going to be, because whoever wins the Royal Rumble for the women's or the men's can pick which championship they go for in the women's division. They can go for the Royal Women's Championship, which is the Real Ripley title, EO Sky's Championship, or Lira Valkyria's Championship. They've got a choice of three championships to go for. They're all up for grabs there. And that, but I would feel that Nia Jax would be better suited becoming the new. Even though I don't, I wouldn't, I'd never want Rhea Ripley to lose the championship. But if she was to lose it, it would be the Nia Jax, in my opinion. She would be the one that would be worthy of it. She would need to be made that she would be hard to beat as well. And that, um, could they put the SmackDown Championship on her? And that, why not? You know, because she'd be a force to, she'd be a force to reckon with there as well. And that, and that would tear up the women's division on SmackDown as well. So that would give that something to look at too. But she would be one of my picks for definite. But who would be your pick again when this goes when this podcast goes out on as I say it'll be going out between today and tomorrow. But who would be your pick? As I let me know in the comment section when I upload this. It will be uploaded on Spotify on the Amazon. But I want you to leave the comments on when I share it and that on the golden one page on Facebook that is where it will be shared and when it's shared that will be where the comments will be on and that and I will obviously respond to some of them comments I'll look at some of the comments as well and messages that come through and that and again as I say to those who have other social medias between Twitter or X as it is and that and, and Instagram as well because that's because it will be shared across all three platforms and that um, again just leave a comment on the posts and let me know what your thoughts are on on the P, on the PWI list as well actually because I mean what are your thoughts on that you know with you know, obviously Rhea Ripley topping the charts there, you know, Bianca Belair, you know, finishing, you know, being third in that, you know, Asuka 11th, Tony Storm 12th, you know, Jimmy Hader 4th, and no real sign of Saraya, really, unless I missed her name, 
you know, in the top 250, but I'm a bit surprised that, you know, her name wasn't on that, but because I, I couldn't see it. But yeah, um, so as I say, before I close this session of the Golden Nugget, um, so again, once I share this on to social media, so obviously it goes out on Spotify, it goes out on the Amazon, once it gets uploaded to those channels, I will then share it. It will be on the page on Facebook known as Rob Gold. And that, or it should be possibly the golden one that comes up. I'll just get the name of the page to make sure it's the right name. It should be. Let me see. So, so we have page name. So yes, the page name is the golden one. So it's spelled obviously the golden G O U L D E N and one O N E. And obviously the symbol is triangle, green triangle with the letters R G in it. And that if you're struggling to get on to the page give the page a like give the page a follow and that and as i say you'll be updated with the podcast episode as well as it will be shared up on that page and as i say also again twitter um my twitter handle or x handle now is just want to get this right make sure so yep so again the name on twitter is rob gold as in R-O-B-G-O-U-L-D and it's at Robert the Great with one eight so it's R-O so it's at Robert R-O-B-E-R-T-T-H-E-G-R-8 and obviously Instagram is my own uh, name which as I say it is Rob or on Instagram and that is where you can find me and you can also send me a DM um, as well, if you are interested in topics that I talk about, if there's anything that you want to talk about on a podcast episode, let me know, and I will, you know, as in wrestling related or football related, and I will see what I can conjure up on that. Um, and so, yeah. So again, if you have any, if you have any questions, if you have anything that you would like to ask, do not be afraid. And um, as I say, the comment section will be open on. Once I share it on there, you know, on the page, it's now the page is only open at the minute to people who who like and follow the page, sort of thing. So to those who, I say, do have likes of Facebook and things like that, again, the golden one that's the page you're looking for with the triangle, the green triangle with the RG in it. That is the page name that this podcast will be shared on, and um, going forward, and. As I say, on Twitter as well, once it goes up, the link will be shared through Twitter. So those who don't have Facebook can listen to it from there and leave their comments and tweets on there as well. So again, I want to thank those to those who, who, who listen and who, who drop in on that. Uh, and I want to say, if there's one thing, that you don't already do that I want you to do for me is to acknowledge the golden one.
not cool. Folks, enjoy your weekend, stay safe, and I will see you all very, very soon.